Hi, my wargaming friends. This time I'm going to explore the science fiction side of wargaming again with a little-known game by West End Games. Or should I say three games? I'm talking about Star Trek III, a collection of three solitaire games that was published in 1985 when Star Trek III The Search for Spock came out in the cinemas. This was a good time for Star Trek fandom, and probably also the height of the Star Trek-related board game wave. West End Games, which doesn't exist anymore, but which was in the upper league of board game and role-playing publishers at the time, had just acquired the license and published quite a lot of Star Trek-related games in these years. Among them, a role-playing game, a paragraph-based adventure game, a family game, and this little game, which you can just still get for reasonable prices on eBay. For some reason, the high concept was apparently, it's called Star Trek 3, so let's have three games. And Spock was left alone in the coffin on that planet, so let's just imagine these would have been games he could have played by himself. Okay, I was making up the letter, but solitaire games they are. The authors involved were Greg Kostikian, John M. Ford, and Douglas Kaufman. Greg Kostikian was probably the author most experienced in both solitaire games and war games by that point. He had worked for SPI as a youngster and then moved on to bigger projects, many of them war gamish. He would later design Dark Emperor for Avalon Hill, a game about which I may talk at some later point. John M. Ford was a noted SF author and had also, together with Kostikian, heavily contributed to the very successful role-playing game Paranoia. Doug Kaufman had only designed one board game so far, which was Web and Starship, a today little-known space combat game. I won't go on at length about two of the games of this collection, because they are neither war games nor are they good games at all, which is not necessarily connected. The first of these two games is called The Sherwood Syndrome and has Captain Kirk help out an oppressed medieval planet as some kind of Robin Hood with his merry man in red shirts about to be killed. This is some kind of paragraph-driven board game adventure game hybrid by Greg Kostikian that simply does not work and feels like a hack job. Once you get the hang of it, the game is ridiculously easy to beat. The game is only notable for giving Lieutenant Uhura a higher money extortion rating than both Sulu and Chekhov, which probably means she is some mean piece of... Okay, this is a family-friendly show, I guess. The second game is the endlessly boring Free Enterprise, designed by John M. Ford and, again, Kostikian, which has you move some shuttles around a tiny planet system, hoping that the wares you try to sell are in fashion on this and that planet, which is, as you would expect in a bad game, decided in a totally random fashion. So nothing to write home about, forget these two games. But the reason I actually talk about Star Trek 3 is its main game, the Kobayashi Maru, designed by Doug Kaufman, which is an absolute gem of a game and one of the best solitaire war games ever designed, period. Only for this game, you should scrounge eBay for a copy of Star Trek 3. Believe me, it is worth it. The Kobayashi Maru is the name of the famous supposedly unbeatable Starfleet Academy simulation for aspiring fleet officers. It was only beaten by one person in the history of the Academy, and that is Captain James Tiberius Kirk. And he cheated because he hacked into the computer. This training simulation features at the beginning of the best ever Star Trek film, The Wrath of Khan, and it would probably have been better to release this game alone under the name of the second film, as it would have had a much bigger audience. In this game, which accurately tries to portray the simulation from the film, you try to lead a rescue mission in a Klingon neutral sector of space you will be confronted with the hard task of surviving this test with your wits and combat abilities alone. You are outnumbered and badly armed compared to the Klingons, which were probably pretty angry at the time because they had suddenly grown strange ridges on their foreheads. The neutral sector is depicted as a three-dimensional map board in three layers, so you can move up, forward and down. 
At the beginning of the game, some unknown counters called readings are placed on the map and the Enterprise somewhere randomly. During the game, you try to explore the sector and complete your rescue mission without getting into fights with Klingons, which is, of course, pretty impossible. The readings, which are like blips on your space radar, move around in a randomized fashion on the main board. Once they hit your space, they are revealed as what they are, and this is where the fun begins. The biggest part of the board is a large-scale depiction of the Enterprise fully crewed with our heroes, each at the usual position. So you will find Sulu at the helm, Uhura at the communications desk, probably extorting money, and Spock at the computer. You even have some kind of view screen. This is where the enemy ships appear and move around in a fashion that is determined by a complex Klingon tactics chart. Once combat begins, it becomes very similar to the also excellent solitaire game Patton's Best, which depicts tank warfare in the Second World War. You try to bring your weapons to bear against an opponent which constantly changes tactics and moves around pretty intelligently. If you turn to the right, all enemies on the screen move to the left, and vice versa. You will always have to judge where the opponent most possibly moves and stake your odds while using the best possible weapons. At the same time, the Enterprise's shields get more and more damaged, and you should try to avoid showing the weak side to your enemy. All in all, this works pretty ingeniously. There are some tables and not too complex mechanics, but they're never distracted from actually feeling yourself right in the command chair of the Enterprise, much like you feel in command of a B-17 in the game of the same name from Avalon Hill, which has some similarities. Later computer games have successfully attempted to convey this feeling, but it was never realized as intelligently and elegantly in a board game as here. Once you have your first engagement behind you, you will start to pray not being caught by a Klingon patrol again, but of course will happen. And, like a submarine in World War II, you will be confronted with mines and torpedoes and other evil gadgets of the Klingon Empire, as well as space clouds and asteroids. There are several levels of play which range from fairly easy to absolutely impossible. The latter is the closest to the film Kobayashi Maru test, and it can only be beaten if you fudge your dice. The game doesn't take that long and can be played again and again. All in all, this really is a great game, and if you have any interest in the subject, you should give yourself a treat and buy it. It really is a wargamer's science fiction game. I hope I have whetted your appetite. See you next time when Scott talks Jason into a 24-hour marathon session of Advanced Squad Leader without reading the rules first. Bye-bye. Moritz over and out.